Greetings to each of you this morning. I guess I tried to keep my mouth shut for the opening because I thought I'd get my chance to share my piece here. But I think of Jesus when I think of heaven. And I think of a big crowd of people falling down and crowning him Lord of Lords and King of Kings. And I, I just know that it's going to be sweet because Jesus is there. It's going to be great. I don't know about all the the other things, but I know it will be wonderful, whatever the case, because Jesus is there. And I know if He died for me, if He went to the sacrifice He did on my behalf, and He's going to include me in His home, I know it's going to be a great place. I do... uh, Appreciate those those thoughts and those meditations, and I do share the concern about the stories that go around about testimonies of life after death experiences. I don't spend a, a lot of time on them. <clears throat> Let's read for. Our scripture this morning in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 13 through 26. Our title, I guess, is Wisdom. I've often been intrigued with these first nine chapters in the book of Proverbs. And it's hard to keep my message to just one portion of Scripture here because there's so much more can be said here from these other chapters in Proverbs. But I'd like to try to keep it pretty much here from Proverbs chapter 3. It says here in verse 13, Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver. And the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge, the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. 
My son, let not them depart from thine eyes. Keep sound wisdom and discretion. So shall they be life unto thy soul and grace to thy neck. Then shalt thou walk in thy way safely and thy foot shall not stumble. When thou liest down, thou shalt not be afraid. Yea, thou shalt lie down and thy sleep shall be sweet. I'll stop right there. This is Old Testament. And I think if the Old Testament gives a picture of a New Testament Christian life, of victorious Christian living, I think this is it. And I think you could say that you could pretty much put Jesus in here in the place of wisdom. And you also could say that it's a foreshadowing or a, a, a speaking of Christ. The <clears throat> there's five points here on wisdom given in these scriptures. It's the pleasures of wisdom. This uh, thing feels like it's wanting to fall off my head, so I guess we'll be okay. Or I guess you'll come to my aid if it does, so I'll try to ignore it. <clears throat> We have the, the pleasures of wisdom, present and eternal. We have the preciousness of it. We have the possession of it. We have the pattern of it and the pursuit of it. Here in these verses. <clears throat> I guess... We're in our 25th year of marriage, my wife and I. Uh, My wonderful wife that I wedded 25 years ago, next month, December the 18th, has caused me to do a lot of pondering about my life and about our life together. In the last 25 years. And the decisions that I've made. And the life that I have lived in marriage. February 12 also is coming up just around the corner. And that will mark 30 years that I surrendered my will to Christ. Or I should say I began the life of surrender, which I think brings me to number 61 in the hymn book here. I'd like to sing that song.
before we go further. I'm not sure where I was planning to put that, but I wanted to sing it this morning, and I think it works better now than later. I'd like to sing number 61, one of the uh, blessings of of this hymn book has been having the the author of the hymn book teach us many of the songs out of it. Brother John has taught us many songs. And I think the first time that he came to Ephrata and taught us some of the new songs, new songs for us out of this book, this was one of the songs he sang for us. And I have gotten a lot of mileage from it. So what was a new song to us a few years ago now probably is feeling like a worn out song to my family. But uh, hopefully they can join with us in singing it. Number 61. Let's stand and sing it. New every morning is thy love awakening and uprising proof through sleep and darkness safely brought restored to life and power and thought. New mercies each returning day hover around us while we pray new perils past new sins forgive new thoughts of God new hopes of heaven if on our daily course our mind be set to hallow all we find new treasures still of countless price God will provide for sacrifice the trivial round the common task will furnish all we ought to ask room to deny ourselves a road to bring us daily nearer God. Only, O Lord, in Thy dear love, fit us for perfect rest above and hell. Pause this and every day to live more nearly as we pray. Let's pray. Dear Lord, help us today and tomorrow and next week and next month to live more nearly as we pray, to consecrate our lives more fully unto you, to deny ourselves a road. To bring ourselves closer 
to God. Thank you for those thoughts of heaven this morning. Help us to fix our mind on things that are above. Things that are holy. Things that are set apart unto God. Things that are virtuous. The things that are of good report. Help us this and every day. Lord, bless our little meditation here on wisdom. And I pray your blessing upon the saints at Oasis. I pray your hand upon them. Direct them. I pray that they would find their ways to be pleasant and their paths to be peace. Pray that you would meet with the saints at Harmony this morning. Lord, we pray that while we are apart from them, that you would watch between us and them. Thank you for the opportunity to be a little part of one of the little communities here upon the earth of Christ's kingdom. I pray that your will would be done in each of our lives just like it's done in heaven. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. So wisdom... is the principal thing, Proverbs says. And that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Wisdom is hard to know sometimes how to put a definition to it, but when we look at wisdom, it's closely associated with understanding, with discretion, with prudence. Prudence, the ability to look out ahead And make decisions based on what we see out ahead. Based on the truths of God's word. Based on what's real. And not based on the five senses. So, you can say that wisdom is doing the things today that you won't regret tomorrow. Wisdom, you could say, is being able to look back on your life after one year, five years, 
in my case, 25 years in marriage, 30 years of surrendering my will to Christ, and some of you longer. How long has it been for you, Brother Myron? Forty-eight, and I see another white-haired man here. How long has it been for you, Brother Neil? Either or both, or yeah, one or both. <laughs> yeah, serving the Lord. When did you surrender your will to Jesus Christ? Thirty-eight years ago. And Myron, you said 48 years ago. Almost 50 years ago. That was, 48 years ago was when I was born. So, Brother Myron has been making these choices of wisdom ever since I'm in this world. And we should maybe give place to him this morning. But uh, <clears throat> so wisdom is being able to look back on those choices, those decisions that we've made, and in the daily decisions that we make from day to day, without regret, to be able to look back and say. You know, what I did 48 years ago still makes sense today. There's still value today in what I did 38 years ago. (coughs) I can still look back after 30 years... And say, that was the best thing I ever did. I think maybe what set my mind going down this road was a year or two ago, my wife and I were driving along and I don't know what brought it up, but she said, And my heart leaped for joy, as she said, referring to our first week of marriage, which we spent in a little cabin up here in, I think it was Jack's Mountain, in Richfield, PA, which is an hour and a half, probably north of here, northwest of here. Brother Dave Ash, give tribute to him since he was uh, here at Oasis had given that to us that one week in the cabin there as his wedding gift to us. And she said, I would love to relive that week all over again. And the reason I, my heart leaped for joy at that was I didn't have any experience at being married and no experience at being a husband. 
and no experience at what really makes a wife happy or what really makes her fulfilled. It was all brand new to me. So I would have figured if anything, she would have thought, or she, she, I, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have surprised me at all if she had said, I, I wish we could relive that week and, and do things a lot differently. Or if we could do it over again, we do things a lot differently. But in her mind, it was, I'd like to just relive that week again, just like we lived it. It it was a special memory to her. It was one uh, without regret. And it, it caused me to start thinking down this road of when our lives are surrendered to Christ, first and foremost, and we live our lives with an eternal perspective, we make decisions in life and the things that we do in life, we can, in general, look back on without regret. It's a, it's a life with precious memories. As you'll note, that the second point here in this is verses 14 through 18 The merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. So we could look back on our first week of marriage as having put money in the bank, as having made, uh, 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 spent that time wisely with an eternal perspective, uh, laying right foundations for marriage. That first week of our marriage. She is more precious than rubies. And all the things you can desire are not to be compared unto her. So when you live your life through the eyes of wisdom, making decisions daily in your life of things that count for eternity. There's no regret about that. You can feed on that a long time. Versus, if you're living your life, making the decisions that you do from day to day, Just gratifying what feels good, what looks good, what tastes good, what sounds good. You often live a very shallow life, a life that doesn't have much substance. A life that is not fulfilled. A life that at the end of the day, that says, what is life anyhow? 
What is the worth of life? We live in a land of plenty. We live in a an affluent society. A lot a a very self-centered life where life is all centered around me and my pleasure and yet you hear often of people unfulfilled in life to the point where they will take their own life. That's the opposite of what we're talking about. I've lived in Africa. There, it's a a culture, a society where it's, it's more community centered. It's more others centered. It's more of a we culture, not a me culture. I never heard of somebody killing themselves in Africa. They have much less. They have it much harder. The roads are much rougher. The, uh, the paths are much dustier. The food is much scarcer. The weather is much uh, less desirable. In, in every way, it seems like a, a less desirable place than here in America. As a matter of fact, everyone that I met in Africa wanted to come along back to America with me. They wanted to live in America because they heard it was a better place to live. And yet, they're happier there than we are here many times. But if we can get a hold of the preciousness of wisdom, she is more precious than rubies and all the things you can desire are not to be compared to her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life. To them that lay hold upon her. And happy is everyone that retaineth her. That's the preciousness of wisdom. If your life is one of emptiness, you would do well To consider where your values are. You would do well to think about the choices that you make from day to day. In Psalm, or in this song that we sang, number 61, the standout lines to me, in these 
songs are, the song is verse 3 and 4. It says, if on our daily course, our mind be set to hallow all we find, new treasures still of countless price, God will provide for sacrifice. That's why I said I began 30 years ago, I began my life of surrender because I soon learned that even though I surrendered, there were a lot of things that came down the pike. And uh, probably the hardest things have been in more recent years. So maybe the hardest things yet for me to surrender are still to come. But my heart is purposed to say, yes, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. But take note that in verse 18, the possession of wisdom is by those who will lay hold upon her. It's not just dumped into your lap. Rather, the opposite is true. The natural inclination of your flesh is to do the exact opposite of what wisdom would say. To lay hold of implies earnestness and determination. And alongside of that, it says, happy is everyone that retaineth her. So it's not just an, it's not just an earnestness and a determination to lay hold on wisdom, to get wisdom, to seek after it. But once you've had it, to guard it very carefully, just like the uh, the gold that it is when someone has a high a highly valuable uh, uh, piece of metal uh, gold and silver uh, or possessions whatever they are if it's of great value uh, many times people will put a, a fence around it put bars around it put it in a, in safekeeping in a bank. Or in in Africa, they have the if if anyone has something valuable, they have a, a a watchman at night that watches it. the The lights are kept on it at night, so it's never in the dark. It's watched. It, it's 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 held. It, it's it's retained. The point is that just because you made a wise choice or that God gave you wisdom is no guarantee that you're going to keep it. And I think, I think the writer here is the classical example of it. Solomon, though he was given wisdom above all men, he is to be envied by us all for the amount of wisdom that God gave him. Yet, at the end of his life, as he looked back on the, some of the choices he made, if you read Ecclesiastes, 
you will see that he lived. He made some daily choices in life that were not set to hallow all he found. Room, verse 4 says, the trivial round, the common task, will furnish all we ought to ask. Room to deny ourselves a road to bring us daily nearer God. It can be in the, it often is, in the daily mundane things that we do. That God uses to bring us to that That, that place of, of surrendering again. And shows us that, yes, that even though we have surrendered our life, and the, even though Jesus Christ has become the center of my life and, and has changed my life from darkness to light, I can see there's many opportunities in the mundane things of life, in the trivial round, in the common task. I don't often, well, one night a week, I milk for my brother, and it's at night time, and since I've already put in my day of labor, I am usually very pressed to be done and to go home and to crawl into my bed. So, I expect those cows to stand there perfectly without moving their foot. I expect them not to uh, get in my way at all. I want to do my job and go home. And it's over. It's done. But it doesn't always work out that way. And I'm reminded often of this. The trivial round, the common task, will furnish all we ought to ask. Room to deny ourselves. To just say, yes, Lord. To just say, let the cow kick. To just say, let the chicken jam up the uh, the egg belt. Or to ladies... Uh, uh, let the the dish break on the floor. It's okay. It's just a broken dish. You can sweep it up. Or uh, let the little boy play in the mud puddle. With You know, I just, we just sent him out there with clean clothes, right? And he comes in and he's all, all messed up again. Well, the trivial round, the common task will furnish all we ought to ask. Room to deny ourselves a road to bring us... Daily nearer God. See it as an opportunity, ladies, to bring you nearer to God. To bring you uh, into a fuller uh, revelation of Jesus Christ. Wisdom. We see its pattern in, in verse 19. The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. 
By understanding hath he established the heavens. The reason we can be so assured of the of the choices that we make and of the surrenders that we make to the Lord as being profitable and right and of eternal value is in recognizing that God has a design, has a plan for our lives. He has designed us. And He has designed us to serve Him. And when we step outside of that design in any way, just to please ourselves, we're only bucking against our designer and, and, and the way we were designed to operate. And the, the long and short of that is, is that we're, we're kicking against the pricks. We're, uh, it, even though we may live in some temporary pleasure because it's not what we were designed for, it has no lasting Joy to it. It has no lasting fulfillment to it. It leaves you empty at the end of the day. It leaves you unfulfilled. And and it leaves your life feeling purposeless. I think that's all I'll say on that the I wanted to bring out here as you know for my own personal testimony and as a an encouragement for us all for you young people that are here as as I've considered these things in my life and some of the basics of following Christ and some of the some of the basics that wisdom would teach us just as we study God's design for our lives and as we understand his purpose from creation to live our lives to glorify him and not to uh, center our our happiness around what feels good and looks good to us <clears throat> some of the things that i look back on still today as the days turn into years now and decades and now a quarter of a century first of all I have no regret about 
that night when I fell on my face before God and surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. And Brother Denny helped me there and worked with me and helped me to see the the sinfulness of sin and the importance of confessing my sin, acknowledging my sin and confessing my sin. I got up that night and was free. The burden of sin released from my back. And it was so, so wonderful. The the next uh, day or so as I pondered that, that I thought, I have to go and convince all my friends of what I have just experienced. And I naively thought that everyone is going to want the same thing. I, I really, you know, maybe not understanding the, the tendency to pride in the heart of man and all that. And I was living out at York at the time with my parents and had run around in the city of York. And so, naturally, my mind went to the city of York, the streets of York there on Friday nights and Saturday nights. Just those main streets just fill up with the young people and those with nice vehicles cruise their vehicles around the block there. And I just thought, I envisioned that I could convince all of these young people of the of what I found, of what I experienced. And the joy of now knowing what life is all about. I drove home that first night thinking, now I understand what life is all about. And I still have no regret about that decision. And every time... The trivial round and the common task brings another opportunity for me to surrender. And I make the right choice and surrender my will and give up my will for the Lord, for my brother, for my sister. I have no regret about that. Wisdom. The Bible says wisdom cries in the streets. One of the choices I made about a year after I became a Christian, as I understood, and I, for about a year I wasn't a part of a church, even though I was much in fellowship with the saints, but was not submitted anywhere, <clears throat> was pretty free and running hither and yon and visiting numerous places. And I came to understand that one of 
these issues, designs that our Creator had from the foundation of the world is that a young 18, 19 year old young man would submit himself to earthly authority. And I remember, and by this time, I was working for Brother Denny in the lawn furniture business. And don't think I had moved in with them yet. I think that was the first summer I was working for them. But I sat down with him and I said, Brother, I'm... I'm giving up my will to yours. I'm surrendering myself to your authority in my life. And I think about a year later, after walking in that and experiencing the blessedness of that, I was not very aware of what was going on in the, among the young people, because I didn't, I didn't spend much time with the young people at church at that time. I spent most of my time with the, the, those that were at least ten years older than myself. And that was uh, where I mostly found my fellowship. Except once a month when I went out with the young people on the streets of Lancaster and and shared the gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ with those who would listen to us. And back in those days, I was forcing people to get on their knees and surrender their life to Jesus Christ, which I'm not so quick to do anymore. <clears throat> For... Uh, I think good reason. But uh I believe as I would understand it the young people were straying some and brother Denny was concerned about that and he uh, we had a weekend of meetings and some of you brothers uh, would have been there and may remember what I'm talking about and it was just it was for the young people, and it was hit, uh, uh, Brother Denny wanting to shepherd the young people and and show them that we the, uh, that the fathers cared about them and the direction they took in life and and shared the the joys of being under authority and and. <clears throat> And then he had, uh, on the last session, he had all the fathers go into the back of the room and uh, get in a circle. And and then he said, to, if there was any of those young people that were there that day wanted to <clears throat> have the, the blessing in their life of of those... Of, of all that authority, all that protection and care over their life, if they wanted to be a part of that, to go back and get inside that circle. 
Well, after having walked in the blessing of it, I didn't walk back there. I I ran back there and I leaped into that circle. And as I thought back on those days and my experience of living my life under authority, I have no regrets about that. There is uh, something very special about giving up our will to the will of someone better, wiser, older than ourselves. And I don't think we ever grow out of that. Being little in our own sight. Jesus says of the uh, example of those who are great are those who are little, like the little child. And Jesus is our great example of humbling himself and becoming obedient. Not just becoming obedient to the kings of the earth, but to the the rogues of mankind. <clears throat> All the way to the shedding of his uh, life blood. Another thing I don't regret as I look back on my life. Therefore, five years I served Brother Denny in the lawn furniture business. And to them, or to, to me, it was not his business, it was our business. And it, I, I don't think I would have, could have taken greater responsibility had I been the owner of the business. My, <clears throat> My heart was that again that that first year I was in employed by him, I was drawn to this or this this verse leapt out at me here in first Timothy six, I believe it is it says, "Let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor." That the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them. Because they are brethren. But rather do them service. Because they are faithful and beloved. Partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. And that was what I made my motto while I worked for Brother Denny. I didn't keep track of my hours and... When he wanted to pay me, I didn't really have hours to give him. And uh, for uh, for four years, I served him that way and gave of my time. And uh, 
put in long days many times. Uh, some days I would go down to uh, Washington, D.C. there and put up swing sets all day, get get back in the wee hours of the morning and, and have to be be going again by 7 o'clock in the morning. And I loved it. I loved being at his service. I look back on that and think now, well, I put in some long days. I worked hard and I I could have potentially made a, a pretty good paycheck at the end of the week and have had more money in the bank when I got married. But somehow I have no regrets about my life of service. My, uh, the, the, the time I volunteered as a young man and even today, it doesn't just have to stop as a young man. Brother Eldon here, he's, he's been, uh, he, he's committed his life to serving young people at his school. I realize he gets a paycheck, but uh, in my mind, he's giving a service that is immeasurable to mankind. And I would think that we would do well to raise up more school teachers among us. It probably is not the highest paying job that Brother Eldon could get. Or is it? Maybe it is the highest paying job that Brother Eldon could get. Wisdom. Doesn't look at the dollar amount here, but looks at the dollar amount in heaven, brother. One thing that there is in heaven, brother, what's your name? Alan. I don't know if this got mentioned or not because my mind was a little sometimes not there whenever you were sharing uh, with my own meditations here, but one of the things there are there is bank accounts where thieves do not break in and steal and nothing rusts. Hey, I, I think I'm being long-winded here. Okay, one of the things that I came to understand as important and made a concrete decision on in the spring of 91. In March of 91, Charity had their first Bible school. And John D. Martin taught out of the book of Ephesians. He went through the book of, the whole book of Ephesians and we memorized, uh, 
about uh, the first 16 verses of Ephesians chapter 4 that week. And church, to me, has never been the same since. I made a commitment in my heart to brotherhood that I never had before. And I experienced a broader perspective of Jesus Christ and His kingdom here on the earth than I ever had before. And I was given a purpose that I never had before. And I look back on that and I can't say that I've been the perfect brother, that uh, that I've given myself to the local body in every way that I could have. But in the degree that I have, I have no regrets about it. And I do it all over again. Courtship in March of 93. I started a courtship with my now lovely wife, whose name, by the way, means faith. Vera is faith in Russian. And what a woman of faith that she is. First of all, to have considered courting me. And second of all, to have married me. One of the things I do not regret about our courtship is our focus on keeping ourselves pure and Focusing on the things that will be strong building blocks for a happy married life. Centering our convictions on the Word of God. One of the things that impressed me about a family that I had met Prior to our courtship, it was in an, uh, in a Protestant setting and in a evangelical, uh, a Baptist uh, church, I would say. They had seven daughters, I believe. Seven, I think they had seven daughters and one son. And they had strong convictions. And there, they were in a setting that didn't have strong convictions about much of anything. So the policy that they made for their young ladies was that any young man that came knocking on their door, they would first have to just intermingle with the family for 
a season of time until, you know, the family became comfortable with them and, and they became comfortable with each other. And he was, this man wasn't just gonna give his daughters to a young man that didn't believe like they did. But one of the things that this man tried to instill into his children in that setting was to always err on the side of the one that has the strongest convictions on something. If this side stood stronger on an issue, then we're going to go that way. But if this side had felt stronger, had a stronger conviction, then we're going to, we're going to go this way. And we had talked about those things in our courtship and, and I had said, that's the way I want it to be in our home. We're going to go the way of the one that has the stronger conviction. Well, I had no idea at that time, but it has turned out my wife almost always has the stronger conviction. So I've spent my married life going her way, which has been a big blessing for me. Room, there's room to deny myself a road. To bring me daily nearer God. Okay, I think I went down a rabbit trail there. Our marriage. I wanted to say something of our marriage. First of all, in choosing a wife, I was, I was attracted to my wife because of the life of service that she lived. I saw her as one who put her own needs on the back burner and concerned herself with the needs of others. Every day of the week, found her ministering in another home that had lots of little ones and they needed help with their laundry, with their cooking, with their cleaning. So she was there in the in the church serving. And I, of course, never took a lot of notice to her earlier on because she is four years older than I am. But, wow, am I ever blessed that I chose based on godly character and virtue. And the things that Proverbs 31 says are of great value. Now, I can truly say, many women have done well, but she excels them all. I have no regrets about marriage. 
And I, <clears throat> that brings me to my family. I have eight children today, which by the world's standards, I guess I would be called a fool to have thrown my life away to a life of having children, serving children. And God bless all you dear parents out there that are having children today. Our last child was born when my wife was almost 44. And I'm so happy. I have no regrets about allowing what God calls His gifts to man to be born into our home. I have no regrets about being the father of eight children. Again, it brings many opportunities to surrender in my life. It brings many more trivial rounds and common tasks into my life. To have children. But. What more. Could we ask for. Did you notice how this song ends. And help us this and every day. To live more nearly as we pray. And don't we pray. Lord. Draw me nearer. We sing that song right. Draw me nearer. And then we refuse the things that call for surrender in our life. So I guess, to me the take home is this. Verse 19 here of Proverbs 3 says, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established the heavens. By his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew. The Lord from the foundation of the world, from the from the moment of creation, has designed mankind to surrender. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you need to take up your cross. The cross in the day that Jesus walked on the earth was not a a uh, what do they call a a, a, a necklace a, a a thing to be looked at and admired and something that was uh, all polished and shiny and that uh, has some 
sentimental value to. It was a rugged, splintery, uncomfortable piece of wood that men stretched you out on to die. Jesus said, if we want to follow him, if you want to have life and have it more abundantly, if you want to experience life that is more precious than rubies and all the things you can desire, you have to die. And when we live our life by that principle of dying, we can live and live a life of no regret. Which leads me in closing to six hundred and six. Since I preached this message primarily out of the Old Testament, looking at wisdom, I want you to know that lest I didn't make enough of it, Jesus Christ is our life. And it's only in following Him, it's only in union and communion with Him that we can live a life without regret. Oh, life in whom is life. Hey, I'm sorry. We have to do a pitch here. Oh, life in whom is life indeed, through whom our best desires are free, thou that life in us we plead, we come to Thee, we come to Thee, come to Thee, come to Thee, come to Thee, we come to Thee, O light beyond Beyond all wisdom, seers have wrought ne'er yet that light in vain was sought. We come to thee, we come to thee. Come to Thee, come to Thee, come.
come to Thee, we come to Thee. O good beyond the dreams of men, who make stained lives white again, Thou Christ. Bestow thy pureness when we come to thee, we come to thee, come to thee, come to thee, come to thee, we Come to Thee. O light beyond men's highest thought, beyond all wisdom seers have wrought, never yet that light in vain was sought. This is wisdom.